Welcome to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast. An ongoing conversation with ministry leaders about embracing complexity and uncertainty with joy and faithfulness. Hi, friends. This is Adam Borneman with the Ministry Collaborative, and I've been looking forward to this conversation with our team about the Advent season. And today I have the thrill of sitting down with Adam Mixon and Amy Valdez Barker to talk a little bit more about this and to try to think a little bit more carefully about some of the significant theological elements of this season that are sometimes overlooked and that actually should play a pretty crucial role in our faith formation. I've been reading Fleming Rutledge's excellent volume of sermons and other reflections on Advent, and I imagine some of our listeners are familiar with it. I wanted to kick us off with this quote and see if we can build off of it and see where it takes us. She writes that it can be argued that Advent, more than any other season of the church, is immediately relevant to our concrete lives. It's where we live, work, play, laugh, struggle, and die. It is the time between, between the first coming of Christ and the second coming, between darkness and dawn, between the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. It is not the time of fulfillment, the time of waiting, not the time of seeing face to face, the time of seeing through a glass darkly, as Paul says, not the time of triumphant victory, the time of bearing the cross. I've read that a few times and I've been sitting with it and trying to wrap my head around what that might mean for us during this time of year. Wondering what you all are thinking about. Adam, in response to your quote there on Advent and it being a season of waiting and it's time of in-between, my mind kind of immediately went to a tradition we have in a lot of Black churches on New Year's Eve. We have something called a watch night service. And those watch night services are times of gathering that reflect back on the ancestors when they received news of the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, that the people that were enslaved in Confederate states would be declared free, how they watched and waited for Jubilee. But that Jubilee, as we know, wouldn't really come until two years later in 1865. But there was that weight in between that sustained these people. I don't know how we quantify that. I would love to put a word on what that stuff is. I mean, even now, as I think back on it, I don't know how I would have survived what my ancestors endured, but they did. And in some ways, I'm here because of that. I wonder if this present generation has that type of substance that sustains. And maybe that's what hope is, right? It's a substance that sustains us. But I don't know, Amy, is there something more exacting (laughs) that you can... Well, it makes me think about this liminal space, how Advent is this anticipation of the coming. And too often, as a society today, we don't really relish this time in the liminal space, this in-between, because we immediately jump to Christmas, right? How many of us have already started shopping, like started already decorating November 1st for Christmas? Because we want it here already. We want to jump to the moment where the celebration happens and we get everything and the moment of hope and delight and presence and whatever Christmas symbolizes. But too often, as I think Adam's quote was talking about, is that 
the life that we live, that God is inviting us to lean into, to pay attention to, is this liminal space, this in-between, this coming, both in anticipation of that to come, but also in appreciation of what has gone before. Hmm. All of these moments that we too often jump over. I mean, I, I think for me, this comes so real, especially in this time, because as many of us know, as parents, we blink and next thing you know, our kids are all grown up. And we didn't take the time to really relish every moment of what we were going through as we are going through it. And I think that's what Advent is about. How do we begin to appreciate the time to linger, to hang out, to appreciate the relationships that we have in the moment as we're walking through it with one another? Yeah. Makes me, Amy, think about Advent as an attitude almost or a posture. And it's a discipline, quite honestly, I had to cultivate from years of doing bivocational ministry, moving from Sunday to Wednesday to Sunday to Wednesday to Sunday to Wednesday, kind of looking forward to those times because that's the work that I really wanted to do but having to do this other stuff so that I could do this. And my life turned into a blur. I started living for the next service, not realizing that that time in between was my life. Hmm. It was meaningful time. There were relationships that were being cultivated. There was a ministry taking place that wasn't at church, but Because I was so wishing for the weekend or so wishing for, I just missed. So like you say, you blink your eye and years and months has passed and it's all kind of faded into this industrial gray blur. And you're like, yo, what happened? I, I don't think we know well how to live in that period of waiting. Yeah. And there's something at stake with that because I think a prophet wrote something about they that wait will renew. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of that malaise and even the holiday blue type of stuff that seems to be so pervasive is because we haven't learned that that is a gift of Advent of the learning how to wait and wait faithfully. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right that there is something theologically at stake with that. I'm struck by a few words you all are using, Amy. I don't know if you meant to put it this way, but Advent as lingering. I kind of like that. Like basically learn how to linger a little bit and to wait and to be in between in these liminal spaces. It's almost like we need to rethink what we mean by downtime. That may actually be, there's something else to it than that. But I think what's at stake in all of that is... There are moments where I need to learn how to wait for God to speak or act rather than me trying to force it or me trying to fix it. And I think that that's a delicate balance because sometimes there is a sense of urgency to move forward, but we're in a culture that is sort of addicted to productivity and efficiency and acceleration and all of those have their place. But To stand against that in a form of witness is to say, you know, I think this is a time for me to wait to hear from the Lord. 
And that's what Advent is. Yeah. It's a time to say, we're going to sit. Yeah. And, you know, Adam, as you're quoting the prophets, it's like, I was chuckling to myself thinking, you know, that the Psalms are frequently saying, and the prophets are saying, how long, O oh Lord? It's like, we don't even have time to say that because we've already moved on. You know, we don't have time to ask that question. So I do think there's something at stake. It has to do with, do we believe that God takes the initiative to move us and to reveal to us? Or are we trying to move too quickly through this and missing out on something deeply formative? I think you're tugging at something again. You know, you say we don't wait, but we solution for ourselves. Right. What I find fascinating is that in this season, we celebrate Advent in a four-week time frame. And yet we tell the story of Mary, this young woman who gets told that, hey, she's about to carry God. And we all know what the gestation period of a human is, right? So <laughs> nine months, nine months, she's told, hey, your life is about to change. And it has nothing to do with the world around you, but your world is about to be upended. And you have no idea whether or not the guy you're betrothed to is going to accept you. All of the things that are being piled upon this young woman at a moment in her life. And yet here she is coming and saying, so be it, Lord. And she's ready. <laughs> so be it, Lord. Yeah. All she can do is wait, which reminds me of that great Beatles song. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary speaks to me speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Let it. <laughs> yeah, man. Who knew that was a hymn, right? Having walked that journey. And it's interesting because both my kids were born like right before the Advent season. And in fact, my son was born right at the end of October. And he got tasked for being baby Jesus for the Christmas Eve service. And my friend and I, we were able to do this sort of dialogue between Mary and the innkeeper's wife. And we had this wonderful sort of conversation going back and forth of young Mary coming into this place. And we did three services that night, three services. And my baby, who was only a couple months old, did great through the first couple services. <laughs> he was fantastic, you know, slept through it and awesome Ooh. and everything. By the third service, however, baby Jesus wasn't having it anymore. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> that service was like, mm -mm, not hanging out anymore. This kind of sucks. And I'm in the middle of my part and he will not settle down. He will not settle down at all. And my friend, Jenny, God bless her, she comes up and in the middle of it, she just takes him out of my arms just very gently and starts rocking him. And next thing you know, he is sort of happy again in that moment. And for me, all of that anticipation, that waiting, that experience reminded me how God just shows up in our moments of the greatest angst when we feel like we can't handle it anymore and just takes it out of our arms wow and gives us that space that we need to breathe so that we can move forward again wow i will always forever remember that every advent season is that okay god <laughs> in the moments where it feels like i am going to be most anxious you are there. You pull me out 
of that anxiety and you just rock me walking with me that's fascinating especially when i think about how we talk about his appearing or the coming the advent we actually have a god who waits with us while we're waiting on god what comfort is that while we are waiting we don't wait alone and in some ways that imagery that you use naming is so comforting the idea of being wrapped and swaddled and held and I don't get speechless often, so <laughs> wow. Wow. I wonder if we could convey that message faithfully over the next several weeks. Mm. One of the opening hymns that we sing regularly at Zion Spring is Have Thy Own Way. That line, the refrain at the end is the one we kind of stick on while we are waiting, while I am waiting. Yielded and still. Probably my favorite writing from Martin Luther King is Why We Can't Wait. And I've been thinking about that the last few minutes as we're talking. And what strikes me about that is that so much of this is about discernment. And it actually is waiting for God to act and to speak and say, okay, now we know the time. I'm so glad you brought up that MLK speech, Mm -hmm. though, because it reminded me of what happened when they were preparing for the uh, march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, when they initially gathered and all of the state troopers were all waiting for them, MLK goes up to the front, sees what's about to happen, and he says, not now. And everybody is furious. Snick is furious. All of those young people were like, <laughs> if not now, then when? And he's like... Not now. That idea of discerning is spot on because Mm -hmm. on the one hand, you hear him on this day saying why we can't wait. But then on that day, he's like, yeah, we got to (laughs) wait. Have we cultivated that type of sensitivity? Yeah. I mean, it's like Advent is this time. I mean, the lingering, the patience, the in-between time is not an empty time. Right. It's like we need Advent to remind us how to wait so that we can be a people who more faithfully discern God's timing. So that quote I was talking to you all about earlier, it describes Advent spirituality beautifully. When the church celebrates the liturgy of Advent each year, she makes present this ancient expectancy of the Messiah. For by sharing in the long preparation for the Savior's coming, the faithful renew their ardent desire for his second coming. Mm -hmm. By celebrating the precursor's birth and martyrdom, The church unites herself to his desire. He must increase, but I must decrease. That, I think, is so important in this Advent season. And we take too much time to think about, oh, the big celebration and, oh, how we're going to get this. But it's a season of ourselves being introspective and decreasing so that... Christ can increase in our lives and be the center of Christmas rather than everything else in the world. Mm. That idea of waiting on the presence to descend and fill the tent of meeting, and that's where you pitch your tent and you're still 
But then when that cloud raises and moves, that's when you pull up stakes. <laughs> but the, always the waiting, you're not moving according to your own inclinations, but you're discerning God is present here. And now let's be still. Right. So, yeah, that's just, oh, man, that's good stuff. Thank you all so much for these reminders, especially of God being with us as we're waiting on God, God embracing us as we're waiting on God's next move. Thank you for listening to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast, a project of the Macedonian Ministry Foundation. The Ministry Collaborative nurtures a national network of pastors and congregations committed to faithful, creative, and courageous engagement in their communities. Our producer is Marthane Sanders. To find out more about our work of cultivating leadership that makes a difference in congregations and communities, visit our website at www.ministrycollaborative.org. 